All right. Welcome to Spontaneous Conversations, where the conversations are spontaneous, but the topics are predetermined. I'm joined today with my friend and author of her new book, um, Shelby Hild. So, Shelby, thank you for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, no. So, first things first, I just want to say this is in no way a sponsorship. I just am really good friends with Shelby, and I heard that she is publishing her new book, and I was like, I've got to get her on the podcast. So, I actually want to talk a little bit about um, your new book as well. So, first, can you give us like a little summary of it? Okay, well, the new book is actually the fourth in the series of The Enchanted Trials, which follows Vivalin, who is a young artist who has visions in a kingdom where people who have any sort of remnant of magic are taken away and never seen again. And so it follows her in The Enchanted Trials, which is a, um, it is like, it's kind of like The Bachelor, but in a fantasy world um, for the prince. <laughs> um for Prince Aiden's heart. Um, so she is competing against initially 200 other women. And by the time book four comes around, we are down to a hundred and it's kind of her trying to like become more famous, like become famous, a famous um, artist because she wants to rise her family's rank within the kingdom. And they're, so she's trying to hide her magic. The prince is trying to figure out what's going on in his kingdom because he's been led to believe it's like this perfect utopian area. And there's just magic's coming back in a kingdom that was banished. And so it's just following along. It's the first loss takes place in the first um, new destination. So the first two books take place in the palace of Attilidus and then the third book, because Attilidus, like the palace, needs some more construction, they get sent to another manor, and then the loss takes place in Adelaide, which is a fortress city, the first fortress of the kingdom, and it's like the first area of descent, defense against another kingdom, and there's a big mystery because all the people have vanished, and so they're trying to figure that out. Ooh. So I've actually read a little bit of the first book, and I just have to say, I really like it. Um, I'm only a couple chapters in, but I really like how you there's enough detail there. So like, I'm like in the world, but there's enough foreshadowing that like gets me interested. And I'm like, oh man, what's going to happen next? <laughs> so it's actually really, really good. Um, everyone should go check it out. It's on Amazon, right? Yes. Uh, it's only on okay. Amazon. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's where I found it. Um, so yeah, I was a little bit putting a link in the description here. Um, but yeah, so I kind of wanted to get your uh, thoughts on pretty much the process. So you published this book, and what was that like? The actual publication process was the easiest, like because it is currently only an ebook. I'm getting, I'm working on getting it out mm -hmm. as a physical paperback over the next month or so. Um, okay. So the actual publication was really easy. Um, I used the Kindle Direct Publishing, which is their their app thing, um, and basically I just uploaded it. Um, I put it up for pre order for a month first, which gave me time to actually edit it. But mm -hmm. the I 
uploaded it, set a price, put it in Kindle Unlimited, and I was like, oh, hey, it's there. Um, <laughs> the hardest part was probably like timing everything. It's still something I'm working with mm -hmm. and advertisements. Um, although yes. I do advertise on Amazon, it's a lot more like, it's weird. I'm still like kind of learning the basics and, but now the publishing part yeah. of it was the easiest part. So like, wow. Yeah. That's, I expected that to be really difficult. Marketing is definitely tough. I've kind of noticed that same <laughs> thing. Um, <laughs> but so like with publishing, so you said you went through Amazon Kindle, right? Mm -hmm. So is that kind of like acting as the publishing house? Yeah, that is basically the publishing house for it. Um, they, I think they even put the like Amazon services LLC or something. I could make mm -hmm. my own like publishing company, but that would cost to do the, like create the publishing house, uh, submit it to the business thingamajig. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but like, there's some really good resources out there to help anybody who is trying to put out a novel or an ebook of that sort. Um, there's a Facebook group that's 20 books to 50 K that has been absolutely invaluable as a resource. A bunch of, bunch of authors, um, are on there to just submit their, like what they've gone through, give help, give advice, um, give inspiration. Like yeah. I recommend it for any aspiring author, um, just because it is, it's been invaluable. You know, I'm really glad that the community has kind of like come together to, to like pull all of the knowledge together. That's, that's fantastic. I love to see that. Yeah. Like it's, it was something that I was really worried about to begin with. Cause like authors, like any sort of career field, it's like always competition, but mm -hmm. in this group, it's very big about helping each other because the more we help each other, the more like people are wanting to read. And if more people are reading, then we don't want to just hog all the readers to ourselves. We want to share them with other good authors. And mm -hmm. it's just, it's really nice. It's like everyone has their own ocean and the rising tide. You like you have your own tale, your own story. And what better for storytellers than to tell your story of success to help others get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, I've kind of noticed and not to kind of bring it back. I'm just, I'm just very happy that the, that the, the author community is really good. Cause I've seen like on YouTube, they have like some things that work with like marketing, but it's always like, a, Oh, we're not going to give this to you for free. You have to, you know, you have to pretty much pay for our like $200 course. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, you guys are just working together. That's great. Um, so I always hear about whenever a book has been created yet yeah, it goes through like tons of revisions. Yeah. It goes through tons of revisions. Um, what was that like? Oh my goodness. Okay. So to go through the whole process, like for how my book started, I was going to do it as episodic fiction. So they were going to be short. They were going to be 20 mm -hmm. to 30,000. I read a series. It is called um, The Dragon School by Sarah K.L. Wilson, L.K. Wilson. Um, they're very short. They're like TV episodes. And I was like, mm -hmm. hey, my book series, that'd be perfect for that. So I'm going to do short little like 20 to 30,000 word like novellas and it's going to be great and it's going to be so simple to get just these short things out which would have been had you know i stuck with the short things <laughs> but um 
when I submitted, I gave it to Mary, who is my, like, she's the one who's like, oh, hey, I can help figure out how to, like, expand the world. Like, I want to know more about here, 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 and here. And so the more she wanted to know, like, it started out, book one started out at 32,000 words before any revision process. And, like, it's perfect revising and mm -hmm. editing. That'll make it shrink. Like, it'll shrink. It'll be right perfect in that episodic, like, area that I wanted it to be yeah it did the exact opposite it went from 30 <laughs> for the from the first draft to the second draft it went from like 31 32,000 words to 52,000 words and i'm oh, like wow well that's not a novella anymore that's like a full-out novel so maybe the first one will just be really long and it'll be it'll be like because it's the first one you got to introduce everyone and then the next one will be shorter mm -hmm. even though 52 is not really that long and then it went to Megan, who is, like, my actual editor, who was doing, like, the line-by-line, line, and it went to my mother, who was, mm -hmm. like, helping a little bit more, figuring out where to expand on, where I, what areas I didn't really need. And I think it ended up at 59,000 words. And I'm wow, just like, so it's still increased. <laughs> yeah, because every, everything that I'd ever heard was editing will shrink it. So make sure, like, because you'll cut kill the darlings like the scenes that you don't need like you might love it and but everything that i loved everyone's like oh my gosh this is a great quote leave it in and i'm like what happened to shrinking this like i, I yeah. want it short this is not a novella this is not a episodic fiction novella um but i was like okay the, the first one it'll be long like it took a month to fully edit which was shorter than I anticipated, but I'm glad it only took that long. And that's about the average time frame yeah. right now for the editing is about a month. Um, but Good. so I put it on Amazon and yeah. 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 No, that's great. So I do have a question about the world because whenever I was, I was reading it, I was seeing it really feels like there's a ton of detail in there. Like, so how did you kind of flesh out like the whole... Like, how'd you flush it all out? Okay, so... Do you have, like, a map or something somewhere? I wish I had a map. <laughs> I wish I did. Um, but it's actually really interesting because the world I started working on in high school. So mm -hmm. back in high school, I had this idea for a... Um, it dealt with dragons. I love dragons. I've been obsessed with dragons. But so the world idea, like, the, the first, like, pieces of it went there. We're starting to develop a decade ago and mm -hmm. throughout the years like I worked on that because I thought that was my first novel and then I realized I wasn't ready for that series and so then I started a different one which was Dragon's Thief which takes place in a different area in the world and then mm -hmm. so and then I kind of like let that drift away and now like the Enchanted Trials like it was the first thing that I was able to write sit down write and so the pieces of it, like, I was able to flush it out because it was already, like, I know the history of this world. Because the Enchanted Trials takes place, like, 300 years after the Dragon's Thief, which takes place a couple thousand years after the first series. And so, mm -hmm. like, it's great because now that I've got this, I know the next series, the next two series I'm going to work on, which is going to be the Dragon's Thief and the Lost Hope. So okay. um, I'm, like, also throwing in, like, pieces of like the history of for those like there are a couple scenes throughout the books that are like 
Vivalyn is having visions uh, way in the past. And she's like, I don't know what's going on here, but whatever. Like, and so, like, I'm throwing, like, little pieces of that in just so, like, because I can. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's going to be awesome. Because I I know I've seen, like, um, again, I'm very early in the book, but I'm going to be finishing it up (laughs) pretty soon. Um, But, like, just the visions, sometimes it just seems like, wow, this is so uh, detailed. So, like, I know in one of the visions, I, I even heard dialogue from some other characters. So I'm like, oh man, who are these characters? Who are these people? When is this going to happen? So I'm like very excited to like, to find it. So um, yeah, it's just, that's really cool. So that's why, that's where it comes from. You already kind of have the other books fleshed out as well. Yeah. Like I, I knew the overarching idea of what I wanted to happen. And I knew because later on, there are going to be battles and there are going to be like, there's a lot of things happen. And a lot of things happen in 10 books. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, like, the only, like, I knew the overarching idea. It's just the, what each episode was going to be about was what was the hardest. And mm-hmm. um, at this point, like, I'm working, I'm writing out book six, which takes, which actually is where the last vision that hasn't taken place in book one yet um, takes place. And, mm-hmm. um, but... That was the hardest part. I forgot what the question was. So. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I have a long-winded question sometimes, so. <laughs> what works? I've got long-winded answers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so that's one thing. Um, so I, I've known Shelby for many, many years. Uh, so I just figured, all right, I'm sure we're going to be going down some crazy rabbit trails. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Weird no, that's we have known each other a really long time. Yeah, it's been what fifteen years at this point now. Yeah, like what was it, sixth Probably or seventh so. grade? Yeah, sixth grade. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's yeah, that's like fifteen, sixteen years. Yeah, because because we, we have our ten year that was supposed to come up this year. Yeah, this year, which ours got canceled because um, I ended up going to a different school sadly anyways you guys don't need to know all that information but pretty much yeah we go way back we go way back um but no that's good um so tell me about france oh man france is wonderful Uh, (laughs) like i've always wanted to travel and i ended up a few years back i had a really bad breakup and decided, you know what, I'm spontaneously gonna sign up for this group travel thing, which was EF Ultimate Break. Great program mm-hmm. if you want to travel and you are under 30. Uh, it's perfect. You pay them money, you show up at the airport, and that's all you have to plan. Like, just figure out how to get to the that's airport. Nice. Like, it is wonderful. So I went to Belize, made a couple great new friends. And then when I got back, they were like, hey, let's go on a New Year's trip. And I was like, Somewhere warm, please. And so yeah, we did not go anywhere warm. We went on a trip that went to Amsterdam, Paris, and then London. Great mm-hmm. trip. Um, met some really good friends there, too, um, including a Parisian chef who's actually from Canada. And he's super cool. Um, he's actually... <laughs> he's cool. Um, but <laughs> um, I ended up going back to France and in February, right before everything shut down, and just 
it's a wonderful country. Like, that we have so many, like, stereotypical, like, oh, the French, like, they're rude, they're yada yada. They're not. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone I met there was so nice. Um, like, that's even an understatement. Like, I didn't meet anyone rude there. And when I travel, I kind of have, like, this, like, blank look. I'm like, oh, everything... I- I get asked if I'm lost a lot just because I'm like trying to <laughs> absorb everything and look at everything. And I guess I have a daydreamy look when I'm like wandering around and yeah, like apparently they knew they were just like, she's lost. I'm going to see if she needs help. But yeah, it's, I do plan to go back obviously. Um, yeah. I've been promised a picnic in Versailles garden. So, and I went Versailles was the one place I wanted to go back when I initially went. And it, yeah. was, it was closed while we were in Paris because of the holidays. Like, we were there for New Year's. Like, oh. if you ever have the ability to have New Year's in Paris, do it. Like, no joke. Really? Do it. It's so cool. Um, we were at the Generator Inn. We were at the rooftop bar. Uh, fire. We could see the fireworks. Like, it was really a really great experience. And I definitely recommend it. You're convincing me now. Because uh, me and my wife, we were going to go to Greece. And now I'm like, well, I don't know. France sounds like a great place to go, too. They're not that far away. We can we can go to both. <laughs> yeah, just go through all of those areas. Yeah. That's cool. So I know you said that you were going to move there as well. So was this, was this trip kind of one of the things that gave you that idea? Like, I've wanted to live somewhere other than America for a while now. Um, just since my traveling, like since I've started traveling, it's just, there's so much more out there. And mm-hmm. as a writer, I want to experience like everything. Cause I want to be able to write as accurately as I can. And so, because all I've known is Texas. Like I grew up in Texas. Mm-hmm. I grew up, I went to college in Texas. Like it was a different part mm-hmm. of Texas, but all I've known is Texas. And Texas has its very specific culture. Yes, that is definitely true. And then I went to Belize and it was just like so different. And then Europe. Mm -hmm. And now I've also been to Peru, um, Mexico. I went to Belize again. Um, Belize is great. Go to, if you have a chance, go to Belize. (laughs) Like, um, in fact, just go everywhere. Like I'm a big proponent and like, push for like just travel like if you have the opportunity just travel um yeah but i figure france it's like centralized um it's probably one of the more difficult countries that i'm learning to get to from america but um why is that just the because at least for the visa that i'm looking at um because a lot of different cult like countries have it for Mm Because for most countries, you've got to, like, make minim- minimum wage at least. And from what I've been able to tell is that's going to be about 1300 U.S. dollars a month to get to France. Mm-hmm. Germany right now, it's about 900 U.S. dollars. Um, the U.K., I believe it was 1000 U.S. dollars. And so it's, like, the most expensive, like, to get to. Mm-hmm. But who knows? I might just decide wherever's easier and then just do a lot of trips to France. Hey, you never know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure uh, this time last year, maybe not last year, like you never know what the future holds, right? Yeah. So, yeah. 
yeah, that's very that's very true. Like, if I were this time last year, I had planned for a not this time, like about December of this last year. Like, I was not going to go to France in February. I was going to go <laughs> to France in May and do there because my friend was having a wedding in Italy. So I was going to go to France. Then we, then my friend and I were going to go to Switzerland, explore Switzerland. And then we were going to go to the wedding. And then there was going to be a cruise in October. The cruise yeah. had been canceled. May was obviously canceled. I thankfully took a spontaneous trip in February. So I did get to still yes. go to France this year. But there's next year. I'm. <laughs> I'm hoping, I'm hoping to do some traveling next year, like, yeah. <laughs> the, the wedding was postponed to May of next year, so I'm like, okay, I'll be in Europe in May, like, for sure, and I've, like, yeah. warning my boss, I'm like, I'm just gonna be gone all of May, like, it's my birthday month, like, I'm gonna go, I'm not gonna be in America, <laughs> um, and there is still a chance, like, that I'll do some traveling in October, like, obviously, it's mm -hmm. not gonna be, like, Europe, although... There was rumors that Greece was going to allow Americans starting August first, but I haven't yes. seen I haven't seen anything <laughs> about that since I read it once, and yeah. so that might not be happening. But I've got some backup plans. So if like I've got backup plans because there are certain Caribbean islands that are allowing Americans, and I'm just like I just need to figure out how to get a negative PCR test, and obviously like I'll I'm planning to. <laughs> keep masks on, wear gloves, do hand sanitizer, like, stay safe, and... Yeah. Like, I'm keeping a close eye on all the vaccine information, like, I volunteered, mm -hmm. I volunteered to be one of the, like, test subjects, but apparently I didn't qualify. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Wait, so, so do you know if that's the one? Because I heard that Russia has a cure. I've been, I've been seeing that, at least, on social media. There's a lot of, like, ands, ifs, or buts about the Russia one, like... There's a lot of worry that they just pass through a bunch of the safety things, but mm -hmm. the ones in America are different than that one. Um, there are six currently that America has really put their, like, been, been behind. Um, there's the Moderna, there's the Pfizer, it's P-F-I-Z-E-R, um, there's AstraZeneca, there I don't remember the other three. <laughs> um, but the Moderna one is the one that's in testing in Houston. Um, but they, the one that I'm really excited to look, that I'm looking towards is this AstraZeneca one, because it looks like they might mm -hmm. only, if I'm not mixing them up, I've done a lot of like looking into it and they all kind of like blur together. One of them looks like yeah. they might only need one dose. And I think it's the AstraZeneca one, but I'm not positive, but Either way, all of the findings that are coming out seem really positive. Um, but I've been doing like Good. a lot of other looking into looking into. It's really cool because if we can figure out this vaccine, there's a potential mm -hmm. we're on the brink of a new medical like revolution. Because I was reading an article about how in the past the reason why we've never had a vaccine for the cold, like just the common cold, which are corona a lot of them are coronaviruses is because when coronavirus gets into a body, how is it described? It was like, it's like a transformer. So when it gets in the body, mm -hmm. it is in car form, which is the weaker form. 
but mm-hmm. once it's like started to infect the person it turns into like the actual robot the the tough like battle worthy like um and we've always been attacking the robot but with the mrna stuff that moderna and these places are doing is they're attacking the car which is having more of a antibody response which is doing better at helping fight against it yeah but like even with that like there's a lot of really cool things that they're doing like the mrna this is the first time like people have been pushing for that for a vaccine uh some one of the companies Mm -hmm. in canada is doing a completely plant-based thing like we're this is caught like the whole COVID 19 is causing a lot of ingenuity and yeah it's really cool because if we can figure out this if from the things that i've been reading i wish i if i find the articles again i'll send them to you because they're really fascinating um but if they can figure out how to fight against this there's a chance we can figure out how to fight against i was reading that they think they might be able to figure out hiv aids uh there was one of them that one of the tests that apparently had a bad response against coronavirus, but it helped start activating different things to fight against like Parkinson's. And like, if, if that sort of medical, like advancements comes from this, like that'll be really cool. Like not that anything about COVID is cool because people are dying and that's horrible, but Mm -hmm. like, yeah, but it, it can help us in the future, right? And cause and help us keep more deaths in, from happening in the future. So, mm-hmm. like, it's just if we can continue with that, and if that is what this is leading towards, like that was just so cool. And, yeah. yeah. That no, that's awesome. It's kind of like some sort of like silver lining. Yeah, because like you're saying, yeah, all the death. That's terrible. What are we at? Like worldwide, I think it's like 200,000 or think, something like that. I think last I saw was 280,000. Oh my gosh. I that's, might yeah. I might be wrong on that. I may cuz the numbers kind of mix up. I know that they're predicting mm-hmm. if we can stop this like at least continue to lower the infections in America, America is probably going to have 250,000 deaths. If we can't, then it'll be like 360,000 uh by December. Okay. <sighs> yeah that's uh, <laughs> i'm not super hopeful like just yeah and i guess that's a whole other conversation but uh i know whenever i get on facebook all i see is like super polarizing stuff so <laughs> i don't know hoping for the best though hoping for the best um so in houston i know the hurricane just passed by luckily didn't hit Houston. Sadly, still hit like Lake Charles and yeah other places in Louisiana. But how are y'all doing? We're doing fine. Yeah. We didn't. I, my house didn't get any. We didn't even get rain. We had a little bit of wind, which very well could have just been normal wind. But yeah, like it. it we were very lucky that it didn't. That it went more east because it was looking there for a little bit that it was going to go a little more west. And if it had gone more west, we would have been hit. But like we were very lucky yeah no i'm 
I'm glad. I know, um, like, my mom ended up evacuating. She went to San Antonio. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm very glad that it, it didn't hit. Um, but, so, I was, I was watching a little bit of it, but there were apparently two hurricanes. Yes, there was Marco and there was Laura. So, what happened to Marco? I don't really know. I think it hit. <laughs> Maybe it hit, like, Florida or something. And everyone was distracted with Laura. I don't know. Well, it was really interesting there for a little bit because they were both potentially going to be in the Gulf at the same time. And we're like, it's 2020. They're going to combine. It's going to be a super hurricane. It's it's just going to be chaos. Like, there's going to be sharks pulled up in that hurricane. And we're going to turn into a real Sharknado. Yeah. (laughs) But um, the fact that that actually isn't possible because hurricanes won't combine. They'll do, uh, they'll either dance with each other. Or one of them, they'll, like, duke it out, and one of them will destroy the other. Oh. Okay, that's good to know. I, um, is it the same thing with black holes? Because I know that they can, like, orbit each other until the other collide or slingshot. I don't know. It might be. I don't really know much about black holes, um, but basically... Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Basically, <laughs> the idea is, with hurricanes, is a, it's a food, food, food... The effect starts with an F. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. But um, <laughs> but they'll like turn. They'll have a central spot and they will orbit each other, basically. They'll like square dance. That's a lot of the... That's basically what all the memes were saying. It's like, 2020, yeah. square dancing in the golf. That, that's, that's nicer than what it could be. But, um, yeah, right? <laughs> but the golf is small compared relatively... Mm-hmm. And generally, when it has that effect, they've got enough room to really, like, orbit each other. Not orbit each other. Orbit the central centralized spot. And mm-hmm. so when it is that small of an area, generally, the stronger one will continue strengthening. But the effects of, like, the air currents or something will basically cause the other one to dissipate. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. Well, like, centrifugal force, like... Once it gets more concentrated, it moves faster. But I guess if it's spread out, then it, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, so. <laughs> Me either. I just, I just spout yeah. what I read and hope it sounds accurate. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's interesting for sure. Because I remember seeing something about that effect. Um, and I was like, that is just interesting, you know. Um, but so we were thinking about this because... Uh, like me and my wife were thinking about moving back to Houston and we started to think, all right, Houston has hurricanes, but which national, uh, which uh, natural disaster would be the the best one to deal with? Because every place has something, right? Um, so which one, do you, which one would you prefer if you had to pick one? Oh man, I'd probably prefer hurricanes. Just A, I'm mm-hmm. used to them. B, they're relatively predictable, at least to a point. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I am terrified of earthquakes. Like, I... Oh, yeah. I... That's just the one thing I'm like, I don't ever want to live somewhere with earthquakes. I mean, I probably will at some point, just because, why not? But I will not live in mm-hmm. California solely for the fact, every time someone in my family, it seems like, moves to California, they have a big earthquake. Like... Ooh. Like, the earthquake the one that i want to say 1916 1906 um my one of my relatives had moved to california 
Like, had been there for, like, six months. I mean, he met his wife during the earthquake because he saved her life. But... Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's a great story. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I... There was a small earthquake in Fort Worth while I was there for college, and I was just like, ugh, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like this. Yeah. I'm surprised in Fort Worth. Yeah. It was... There's a... um. If I remember correctly, it's been a few years since I've looked into it. There's a very small, small fault line between Dallas and Fort Worth. So, mm. um, don't quote me on that. I could just be making that up. I'm a writer. I do that. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was very small. Like, but yeah, Hur- hurricanes for sure. Um, I was, I, tornadoes are interesting, but they're also way too unpredictable. Like, I wouldn't want yeah. to deal with those consistently um but blizzards i don't like the cold i mean if i can stay yeah. warm that's one thing but and i don't want to be trapped yeah exactly because uh, if you don't have enough food right i mean maybe like during the winter months like you're kind of stocking up just in case but even then i don't want to be trapped at home and then you can't do anything yeah and I also don't want to shovel snow. I don't like mowing my lawn, and shoveling snow sounds like ten times worse. So <laughs> probably, like, thankfully Houston, I've never had to worry about shoveling snow. Like, yes, exactly, exactly. That's definitely a plus in my book. <laughs> like, what natural disaster? So we're also kind of thinking about hurricane as well, because, like you're saying, everything else is just so unpredictable. Like the wildfires, that's super unpredictable. Tornadoes come out of nowhere. At least with hurricanes, you get a little bit of warning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So As long as you listen to the warning. Like, I know a lot of people mm-hmm. are like, oh, we just evacuated Houston for no reason. It's like, had most people not evacuated, it probably would have hit us. But Yeah, right? <laughs> but, so I've noticed, I, um... I was reading an article about how a lot of citizens of Louisiana didn't evacuate and they're trapped. I'm hoping that things are a little bit better now since it's been a day or two, but they were trapped and they had no way of actually getting help. And it's like, I'd rather evacuate better safe than sorry. Right. Uh, Definitely. I know. I mean, there's still a lot of like the Houston for Houston because Harvey hit three years, three years to the day of Laura. And, um, so a lot of people, like, when we get a bad rainstorm, you still see, like, the fear in a lot of people's eyes, just because Harvey hurt. Harvey hurt really badly. And, like, so everyone's still, like, a little bit like, oh my gosh, we have to get out of here. Um, similar to how after Katrina hit, uh, Louisiana, man, 2005? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, um all across the Gulf, like, if there was a hurricane, like, there was, like, the, oh my gosh, what if this is the next Katrina? Like, mm-hmm. I think Rita was right after Katrina, and yeah. a bunch of people evacuated, ended up not being a big deal, which is when Ike came through, it was like, okay, well, do we think this is gonna be like Rita, or do we think this is gonna be like Katrina? And it's like, mm-hmm. Ike was its own, its own force, <laughs> but... Yeah. <laughs> but... Then come to find out more people died in the evacuation than the actual Ike. 
And mm-hmm. so there's just it's it's one of those things that's like, well, do we want to trust it or do we want to like what do we want to do? Yeah. yeah. It's it's hard to make that judgment call too because you don't want to be wrong. Like if you evacuate, then at least you're alive. Well, if you leave early enough, because I do remember that. I remember seeing that because uh, we evacuated for Rita and Ike and people ran out of gas. And like, I, I might be mis- mis- I might be mis- misremembering, mis- misremembering. Um, but I think that there were some people that had like died and my, my parents and my sisters were like, oh, don't look that way. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, like they're like on the side of the road or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. We were lucky for both of those. I think we evacuated the day before we, it was like mandatory uh, for the <laughs> area because, oh man, I don't, I don't remember Rita very clearly, uh, but I do remember evacuating for it and going up to my aunt's in Dallas. And then <laughs> Ike, I remember I was. I was very not happy with having to evacuate. Like, I was a teenager. I was an angsty teenager. Like, I did not realize how <laughs> angsty of a teenager I was until, like, the stupid Facebook memories. Like, I wish those oh, were yeah. <laughs> Like, so angsty. But I remember I was so mad at my mother. I did not want to evacuate. I mm-hmm. was, like, I was sheer refu- sheerly refusing and obviously I had to evacuate. My whole family was evacuating. I was a angsty teenager. They would not leave me at home. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we had, oh, how many dogs did we have at that time? We had collies. We had, so they were big, fluffy, and. How did that work? <laughs> <laughs> we took two cars. Uh, my dad had the dogs, all but one of the dogs. So he had the collies. Um, my mom took the van, which had my grandmother, myself, my two brothers, our cats, one of the dogs. And so then we, we left, we left the day early. So we still had huge traffic. Mm-hmm. And then my dad's car started overheating. And so we were just like, we don't really know what we're doing now. We're stuck in traffic. We ended up doing a bunch of like back ways, uh, found a, oh yeah, which, which was fun. There was less traffic, although there were less more like sketchy bathrooms at these gas stations. Oh, yeah. It's not yeah, like Bucky's. definitely. Not like Bucky's and um, Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, one of the gas stations ended up getting my dad worked at BP at the time. And mm-hmm. so one of the gas stations were re- was refilling solely by BP and they were allowing the employees like, "Hey, if you're trying to evacuate and you need gas, refill here." Cuz everywhere like the day before, everywhere was already running out of gas. So it took us eight and a half hours to get to my aunt's house, I think, for that, which was the day before. Like, I was actually yeah. talking about this with a coworker two days ago, three days ago. And it took her 18 hours to do that four and a half hour drive. And she yeah. left the morning of. Like, the people that left last minute, like, I can't even imagine. Yeah, that's terrible. I, I, so I was actually talking to my mom, like, it was the day the hurricane was supposed to hit, um, Harvey was supposed to hit, and she was like, I'm going to San Antonio. And I was like, it's too late. You're going to be trapped. Like, at that point, like, it, 
Within 24 hours, I feel like you really just kind of have to... Buckle down. Stay out. Yeah, buckle down, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, we didn't evacuate for Harvey. Um, I had to work up until, like, the last minute, which... <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone needs their last-minute books, right? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, I don't think I actually went in my the last day that we were open, but I know the manager at the time called in the people that lived, like, right around there, and mm-hmm. which was so stupid. But, um, yeah. like, nobody... They spent more money getting those people in than they did on actually, like, than they actually made. Like, think they maybe had one sale that day, but... Um, yeah. But, yeah, a lot of people bunkered down, and we didn't, like, we're like, eh, it's, it's here. It's not going to be a huge deal. Um, yeah. But it was scary. Like, the water, like, I lost my car, swam away. Um, oh, oh, no. Yeah. Like, because my car at that time was the oldest car that we had, and so I had to park on the street, which was fine. Um, mm-hmm. But it literally, like, I didn't know water could lift a car and move it. And so oh, it didn't. Make it sense. actually, yeah, yeah, like is gone now. Like <laughs> it didn't move far, but I'm just like, yeah, my car learned to swim during Harvey, and then died. <laughs> but like, we were lucky. We were very, very lucky. My car was the only damage we caught. Like, oh, that's the only good. thing yeah. I lost. Whereas, like a girl, a woman uh, across the street, she went into labor during Harvey. Um, like the oh. the just seeing the destruction afterward it was surreal and but looking at what happened with harvey versus what happened with like laura now it's it's you can see the light you can see the light at the end like i know for the people Mm -hmm. that are going through it right now it is it's it's hard like it's scary like it'll be like we one of my coworkers just a few months ago finally got his house back like up to like it's good now um i think we had yeah but it takes time but there is there is hope at the end and people are rallying together like they did after harvey like that's what that's just what is needed is the rallying together Uh, the only the big negative that i'm seeing is because not everybody was i'm just waiting for the COVID numbers to rise from it like yeah we finally were getting them under control ish um like while the rest of the world's numbers are starting to go up again america's finally going down yeah right yeah (laughs) maybe we'll meet somewhere (laughs) i joke with some people that america just got both of both of our waves out of the way at once (laughs) fingers crossed yeah right i sort of hope it too so I actually heard that Governor Abbott was um, was saying everyone get tested so you know your status um, before Harvey. Um, did you hear the same thing? Oh, yeah. Well, then that campaign, if it did happen, was not very effective. <laughs> not <at all>. <laughs> <laughs> um, he might have said something about it, but um, the few days before Laura, I kind of like buckled down because yesterday was the day I had to get the finalized version of book of lost book four like up on amazon and so i was like Mm -hmm. oh dear i am not i am not prepared for this so i kind of just yeah i was i was either at work or i was working 
Yeah. So <laughs> I kind of got, I've been doing a lot of like research. By research, I mm-hmm. mean in book four, there is a moment where there is a tarot card reader. And so what better way oh. to do research than spend way too much time looking at tarot <laughs> videos on YouTube. Yes. So oh. I was researching. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, research, research. <laughs> I I still have no idea what those are. Like I've I've heard isn't it kinda like a Ouija board or something like that? It's or not, is it not quite <laughs> I don't know. Ouija boards like they've got a lot more darker connotation. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, have you seen the B movie on Netflix, Ouija board? Like Ouija, I think it's called Ouija. No, I. Yeah. I'll have to add it to my to my wish list though. <laughs> it's such a bad movie. Um, I watched. Aww. Oh man, I don't even know if it's still on Netflix. I watched it a while back. Like I went through a phase where I just watched a bunch of really bad Netflix horror movies. And uh-huh. it was one of them. I think I watched it and the two sequels, and I'm just like, <laughs> I know exactly what's gonna happen from the oh, first five minutes in. Like, but tarot cards. Basically, the idea is, um, like, they don't necessarily. I don't really know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like they're really fascinating. Like when I went to New Orleans, oh, oh man, four or five years ago. Like, I actually got tarot cards read personally for me. And, Mm -hmm. like, I like to kind of, like, I don't necessarily believe, but, like, I kind of believe. Like, I like the idea. Yeah. Um, But, like, some of the things that that tarot card reader said were, like, very, was very accurate. Like, like, weirdly accurate. And Mm -hmm. then, like, I don't know, some of the times the thing, like, there's one thing that a lot of the tarot card readers on YouTube right now are saying for Taurus, which is mm-hmm. my sign. It's like, be patient. Trust things are happening how they're supposed to. You're going to get, like, oh, fun fact, about two weeks ago, all of them were saying, you're going to get a really unexpected offer um, that is going to come out. And then, like, after I watched that, like, within three days, you're like, hey, want to be on my podcast? Like, oh, yeah. That's <laughs> an unexpected offer. Okay. Yeah, that I guess. Good. Hey. That's good. If it's positive, I'm definitely there. I'm really, I'm glad I can help make the prophecy come true. They're fun to watch. And the fact, like, right now at work, most of the staff, we are either Taurians or we're Libras. And so I've just been mm-hmm. watching a bunch of Taurus videos and Libra videos. And I'm just like, hey, keep an eye out for this. This might be happening. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's fun. Like, and... I don't know, I was getting to, there was, like, a certain situation in my life where I was just, like, I was in kind of a dark place for a little bit there, like, in mm-hmm. mid, mid-July, uh, early August, like, yeah, that's the month that comes after July. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I went through, like, a really dark, like, phase, like, I was feeling very alone, I was feeling very, like, selfish because I was feeling alone like and it's been kind of growing since the whole shutdown and Mm -hmm. it's like one of the something happened it was just like okay well I either need to follow my head or follow my heart and Mm -hmm. then one of the tarot videos because that's when I started watching them of course yeah was just like (laughs) follow your heart like your head is just gonna lead you in the wrong direction 
And I know that's really hard, but follow your heart. And so I'm like, okay, I'll follow my heart. It's rela it's helping me relax. It's helping me get through this, like, the it helped me get through. And I was just, I'm in a lot better place. And I, yeah. I can thank that stupid tarot video. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm happy about that. Anytime it's, anytime it's positive, I'm all for it. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I am glad that things are kind of starting to get back to normal. So those feelings will kind of go away as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely ready to be able to do more than work and be at home. Yes. 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 Yeah. All the days kind of blend together at this point. (laughs) Like... I have to have an alarm on my phone for what day it is at work just because I'm like, oh, okay, we have to quarantine. We used to have to quarantine books for three days. That is how I figure out what day it is. Yeah. (laughs) You have to empty certain cubes. Like, man, I do not, I do not recommend working at a used bookstore during a pandemic at all. Yeah. (laughs) At all. Especially when you're one of the few places that are like accepting used merchandise because like oh yeah it's that that makes sense it's always kind of gross working at a used bookstore because like a lot of people treat their books really nice but there's at least one person a day that's like oh hey i just got this out of the garbage you want to buy it yeah right (laughs) we we have to look at it and it's it's not fun but now we have a reason to have gloves on for every buy so it's not as bad yeah so you don't have to go oh Give me a second. We got to get the gloves on. <laughs> yeah, because that can like give a real like. Because we try to like make sure customers stay happy, like as happy as they can be. And there are like there are already some that are already like annoyed enough that they have to have a mask in the store. Like and people are always mm-hmm. annoyed that they need to stay in the store for to sell to us. And it's just like, well, now let me go put my gloves on because this stuff's gross. Or I already have gloves on here. Let me put a bunch of hand sanitizer on for your safety. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's for you. It's just for your safety. And I'm like, I mean, our hand sanitizer, it's, we've got the liquid stuff that came from an old, um, not an old, it came from like a distillery or something. So it smells like Uh alcohol. And it's like, oh, man. Well, I think after this, this, this buy, I might need to take a shot. Not a bit. Yeah, right. Yeah. But no. No. For the, like, for the most part, people are very understanding, which, is much nicer than it was before like because our system like we're actually scanning all the books and it literally tells us what to pay now where it was mm-hmm. we would like look at the data and we would put it in and yeah. so now and like if it's a low offer like if someone comes in with a bunch of like beautiful stuff like but stuff that we have 12 copies of we can't mm-hmm. offer anything on it and so they get upset but now they're un- People are much more understanding right now, which is really nice. Like, yeah, because I was getting very disillusioned at my job. Like, people sucked, and now yeah. it's like, yeah, we get the we we've been getting like once in a while, like a bad bad seed, I guess you could call them. But for the most part, you can tell at that point it's just someone that's frustrated, like with the whole situation, and mm-hmm. like I heard something recently that has kind of like really like affected me it's like hurt people hurt people 
And it's really kind of like opened my eyes to when someone comes in and is very rude or short or like obviously not happy with a situation. It's like, it's not me that they're mad at. It's something going on within their own life. And so it's, it's been a growth period this year. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. They kind of, I need to keep that in mind. It's like they're just going through something right now, you know. Like, it's something that I've like slowly been like kind like sort of learning like throughout my years at the store, but because mm-hmm. sometimes people will come in and they'll get really mad at like they bring in a bunch of old stuff and you offer eight dollars for like five hundred books, um, but because the value to us is not necessarily the value to them, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like they we don't know maybe they lost someone and that's actually the biggest case um when people start getting really upset is because they were their mother's books or their oh man someone came in in january it was her son's books and it's just like i wish that i could offer more because like i understand the sentimental value i do yeah Yeah. and it's it's just i'm glad that i don't have that anymore like that responsibility like to put in the numbers even though like i know retail wise and like logistic wise like for the most part like i can see a book and be like this is probably how much it's actually worth this is how much it's worth to us Mm -hmm. this is how much it's probably worth to you but yeah (sighs) i can't even imagine that yeah like we get I love working retail. I do just because you get to learn so much about people. Like (laughs) for some reason, I think bookstores, people are like, Oh, these people need to know our entire lives, which annoys a lot of people. Like I've realized there's a lot of people within different, like within retail that when someone comes in and is like, Oh yeah, this is why I want this book. Like, because of here's my life story. Yeah. But especially the little like older people, like, we had this one woman who would come in all the time. Her name was Patricia and she'd had a stroke. So she talked very slowly. Um, she stuttered really badly and I wanted to adopt. She came in a lot, like right after my grandma passed. And I was like, I'm just going to mm-hmm. adopt you. Can I just keep you forever? Yeah. And, but a lot of my coworkers would get really frustrated. And I'm just like, anytime she came in, like Megan, who worked at the store at the time or myself was like, we'll help her. Like she's a sweet little old woman. Like we want to help her. And it's just, it's really, they're lonely. And the bookstore, mm-hmm. for some reason, is who they want to talk to. And, yeah. like, we have another woman. Her name is Charlotte. She calls us all the time. She has a very brash voice, like, a very hard-to-listen-to voice. And so a lot of people are like, oh, she's rude, like, we hate her, yada, yada. And it's like, no. She's wonderful. Give her to me. I want to talk with her. Like, she's my favorite. And (laughs) thankfully, um, a lot of people realize, like, she is a very sweet woman. And we love helping her. And, yeah. Yeah, it's just like her voice, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I I have no idea what she looks like, but I know what her voice is. And you can hear her voice from, like, like the the phone gets picked up. And it's like, oh, hey, Charlotte. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but she's super sweet and she's funny she started telling us jokes and she like she's hysterical 
I like those people. Like, like, because she probably didn't have to tell you a joke. She just wants to brighten your day. You know, I just, that's awesome. Yeah. And just when she calls, because she looks for the most random things. Like, she has to be this super intelligent woman. She recently has been doing a lot of gardening stuff, but she's mm-hmm. looked up random engineering books. Like, it's never random. It's always a very specific book. But uh-huh. it's like, she, at this point, has bought at least eight books from every section in the store. Oh, wow. So, it's cool. Like, but, yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot what started that conversation, but. It, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> but one thing I wanted to say is, I kind of, I'm glad that you're that way, so that if someone's, like, telling you, like, all of these, probably, maybe, maybe pertinent facts, maybe they're not, Right. But, like, I, I know that I'm kind of that way. I'm like, oh, well, I like this book because of blah, 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 blah. And I'm hoping I can get, like, a recommendation, right? <laughs> I'm like, maybe if the more information I give, like, the more likely it is that I'll be able to find something that has, like, the same qualities that I like. So Yeah. It's, yeah. It is one of those things that, like, part of why I love working with kids and young adult section. Because kids, like, if they find a book that they like you know they like it and you know why they like it like they'll come in you'll Mm -hmm. you don't have to read the book anymore yeah (laughs) it's it's part of why i love working in the kids section so much just because even like a kid will come in they don't like reading they hate reading but they like Mm -hmm. movies okay well what kind of movie do you like and why do you like it and then you can find a book general you can generally find a book from that and to have them come back in and be like, oh, I love this book because of this, 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 this. What else can I get? It's like, we got a new reader. Yeah, exactly, right? It's exhilarating. Like, Or if there's like a parent or an aunt or an uncle like that comes in, it's like, this kid hates reading. Like, I don't even know what to do. And it's like, well, what kind of games do they like? Oh, they like mm-hmm. superhero games. There's a ton of superhero books out now that are based on those same superheroes. Yeah. And, like, they do movie novelizations now, which don't really sell very well, but, like... Movie novels? Yeah, so, um, like, a movie comes out, and then someone makes a novel that's based on the movie. So it's a movie novelization, which is really, oh, that's really interesting. funny when there's a movie based on a book and then they make a yes. movie novelization for it. And it's like, why don't they just give the... Yeah. Give the book? Okay, sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. Because I, I always see uh, the books that are... Uh, or the movies that are loosely based off of the book, right? I feel like a lot of the time it's like, eh, the characters have the same names. But that's... <laughs> That counts, right? <laughs> there are some like movies or shows out there that do really well. Um, the first couple Game of Thrones seasons, um, Outlander, the first couple seasons of that did really well at sticking with the books. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of went off most recent couple seasons, but they're doing it in a way that's still okay. Um, yeah. Then, um, of course, there's the movies that suck, like Percy Jackson. Um, oh, yeah. I am number four. I'm still angry about that aragon like no i, didn't, I haven't seen the aragon movie 
I'm worried now. Okay. I saw the Aragon movie. It was the first, like, I hadn't read the books yet. I saw the movie first. And, uh-huh. oh man, I had such a big crush on the main actor, the guy who played Aragon. And then, um, that last, the song in the credits, I don't remember what it is, but it's like, man can move a mountain if you do believe, um, change, mm-hmm. change the course of his, I, it's been years since I've heard this song, but I loved it. And I was like, okay, well, that, for some reason, my brain was like, it's in the credits, it has to be in the book, I'm going to read the book now. And then I read the book, yeah. and I couldn't watch the movie ever again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but then, I was, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, I was saying I was the opposite. I read the books first, and I haven't watched the movie yet. Just because usually the movie just isn't as good as the book, so I'm just not sure if I want to, if I'm ready for disappointment. I've had to learn to really separate myself from the, like, separate books and movies just because it can be so disappointing a lot of the time. Like, Percy Jackson, they did two movies. The first one was bad. The second one, I almost walked out. Like, I, I don't... Oh, no. <laughs> like, I will go to a movie, and I will sit through it no matter how horrible it is. Like... If I mm-hmm. paid for that ticket, like, I am there for that movie. Like, I am gonna watch it all. And halfway through The Sea of Monsters, I'm just like, no. No. Like, what am I still doing here? And I spent the entire movie complaining to the person who had the misfortune of being there. Because, <laughs> like, I had, re-read, I had reread the novels, like, right before the movie came out. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I did this, because the first one sucked. But, yeah. <laughs> but apparently Rick Riordan is working on either an Amazon or Netflix series for it. So since he is the author of the books, I'm a little more confident that the yeah. series that he's making is going to gonna at least not be so bad that they couldn't make the third one. Yeah, no, I'm hoping that's the case as well. Yeah, I like that too. Whenever the author's like in the, um, like they're making the movie or whatever it is, a TV show, that makes me feel a lot better. Because I'm like, yeah, it should be good. Yeah. Or at least it's going to be much miles ahead of what it would have been before. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But that's not, it's, it's taken like 20 years for me able to be able, be able to split them. But I'm pretty okay now being able to go and see a movie that was based on a book that I loved and be like, it's a completely different thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, took years, but... Yeah, at least it happened, right? Yeah. Like, because uh, now you can enjoy both. I'm still working on it. I don't think I can enjoy both yet. <laughs> well, I've also learned if there's a movie that's gonna be coming out, don't read the book first. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's definitely a good idea. Like, I own Me Before You, which is a movie that stars Amelia Clark, who is Daenerys in Game of Thrones, and I am obsessed with her. Like, she's one of my lady crushes, I'm not gonna lie. Um, but she... Yeah. Like, I watched the movie, and I'm like, this is great, I love it, and I'm a little scared to read the book, but I've been told that it's okay. Like, do it, and you'll be fine. Okay, that's good. That's good. At least you have a filter. You have someone that's gonna, like, give you the recommendations. Like, is it worth it? You know, so... (laughs) They can help you manage your expectations. Exactly. (laughs) But no, so... 
this has been absolutely fantastic, Shelby. Thank you again for joining me. Um, I'm very honored. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, I, I do have one last question for you. So is there anything that you would like to share um, with anyone? Like anything that you want to plug? Um, if you have, if you like dragons, Sarah K. L. Wilson's Dragon Academy, Dragon School, not Academy. It's pretty good. Um, it's what I it was one of the things that I based off my structure for my books. Um, so that is definitely something I would recommend. It's got a disabled main character and dragons, lots of dragons, lots of dragons. Um, free on <laughs> Kindle Unlimited. Um, but Stay safe. Yeah. Um, do you have like any social media or anything? That, oh, yeah. <laughs> that you have as well? I have a yeah, no, that's good too. I have a Facebook page. Um, it's Shelby Hilt. Um, Shelby804 on Instagram and s.n.hild on Twitter. All right. Cool. And I'll link, I'll, I'll link everything in the description, everyone. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for being on. And. Okay.